0: You are listening to Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community from all over the world. Uh, Telephone number if you would like to join the public WhatsApp group or you want to send a text, or you just want to get in touch. One two four zero six eight one nine eight six nine. That number again, One two four zero six eight one nine eight six nine. 2 4 6 8 one 9 aaronsopinion 6 at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-6 at gmail.com. Follow on our beautiful Facebook page. Even consider commenting on the episode there follow on twitter comment below on youtube and you can share the episode anyway you know wherever you find it okay also consider becoming a patron on my patreon page you know i don't know specifically how i found um this morning's guest this is a episode that i recorded in the morning but uh, you could listen to it anytime and will be listening anytime actually Um let's basically get into it today. Kevin Lowe is a fellow uh podcaster who also happens to be blind. Um he is also a at-home travel agent and we just had a wonderful conversation. That's really all I can say. I mean it's just type of thing where quite frankly the the episode went so smoothly and it went so well and Kevin just did so well that all I can say is It was just another great conversation Uh, We talked about life and work and podcasts And the world around us and all of that So um, quite frankly, I don't really have too much more to add Than just say you're really going to enjoy this conversation um, As much as I enjoyed recording it for you So of course, um, as I like to say The following episode of Aaron's Opinion Was recorded on the 25th of October uh, At 900 New York and I'm Aaron Richmond, and of course, uh, as I like to say here on Aaron's Opinion, um, you might be listening to this episode from you know all four corners of the globe, but as I like to say on the radio site, it's definitely Thursday, it's definitely 12 o'clock. It's time for Aaron's Opinion on Life Improvement Radio on the Helium Radio Network. Well, Kevin, I wanted to take this time and personally welcome you uh, to Aaron's Opinion. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. Now, I don't know if you have had the chance to really go over my content, listen to any of my episodes, or watch my YouTube videos, but I will start this interview like I would start any other by asking you a very simple and very effective question. Who is Kevin Lowe?
1: Oh, that is an interesting question. <laughs> and so, so well, I would, I would explain Kevin Lowe as, um, I like to say an ordinary, uh, 30 something who's still trying to figure out where he fits into the world while trying to make a difference along the way. Um, and part of that along the way has been, uh, my, my recent, um, chapter of my life is of being a uh, host of my own podcast. And all of this, of course, you know, kind of, amplified by the fact that i am completely blind
0: all right all right well i am also 30 years old um i was born blind with glaucoma and i also have a congenital heart defect i live in the universe um and i'm i'm american and basically my my story of how i got into podcasting is that my day job is a teacher. So I'm someone who talks all day and I just love talking and educating people. And I, Kevin, I was listening to a lot of podcasts around the blindness community. And I noticed that although their content was great, they just were not open to having guests and open to my opinions about the world and society that we live in. So I kind of had a problem with that. And I said, you know what, podcasters need to be open. So, I created my own podcast where I can record my own voice, and over the past two or three years, it has grown into the product that Aaron's Opinion is is today. So, really, let's—I mean, let's dig right into it. Then, I mean, you know, how did you get into podcasting? What was your motivation, uh, and why don't you highlight your podcast and some of the things that you've done? You've interviewed—I um, mean, both of us have interviewed incredible people around the universe, but you've interviewed some really incredible people. Uh, so why don't you dig into that for a bit and tell us about the whole history of your product?
1: Of course, of course. So so I launched my podcast back May of 2020. So this was basically in the, the height of the the pandemic. Mind and yep. And so I have been working um since 2013 as a home-based travel agent. And um, of course, come 2020, the the world kind of shut down. Um and and you know. I'm a firm believer that that everything happens for a reason in this life. Even even the stuff that doesn't make a lot of sense, um, I believe that as you continue down your journey, um, it it starts to make sense and comes together, and, and you and you can come to understand why. And for myself, this was so true last year when when my travel agency really, as I as I explained it, kind of took a nosedive into the shallow into the swimming pool. And, um, you know, though, that, that opened the door for me to have all this downtime to pursue something that I'd been thinking of. And that was, I had been thinking like, man, I would love to start a YouTube channel. Um, and so I, you know, I started thinking about that and started, you know, researching and and even ordered some, some products off of Amazon. Well, quickly kind of realized, you know what the whole youtube thing video is is it it gets a little complicated for me and so i was like oh you know what i'll i'll just go the route of maybe doing a podcast and so this was really my first experience really with podcasts i had just started listening to podcasts and i was like you know what maybe that's what i need to do and so so that's what i did i launched my podcast um it started out being called the lowdown on life and travel. And it was basically tying in with my travel agency. And and so that's what the most of my, my beginning episodes are pretty much all focused around travel. And then though, coming into you know January 2021, I really, you know, began to realize that, oh my gosh, like I really love this podcasting thing. As I always tell people, I'm like, this is way more fun than, you know, canceling vacations. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, and so, so I really just began to love it. And, and that's when I, I rebranded the podcast to what it is today, which is The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. And where I say that, you know, I, um, you know, choose to shine light on the positive side of life by focusing on the incredible stories of ordinary people. Living out anything but ordinary lives. And so that has really just given me this amazing opportunity to meet some of the most incredible people, um, you know, all over the world who, you know, if it wasn't for this podcast, I'd never even known existed. And so, you know, that's that's kind of where I am today of, of you know, I have I've built my my podcast. Now it's become its own business and and brand, and I'm starting to expand and and you know, just trying to see, you know, again, just kind of where I can take this. And um, and so, yeah, like you said, it's called, you know, The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. And um, basically, as I say, you know, it's, it's letting letting my audience get to see people the way that I do. And that's where we don't see them for for what they look like, but see them for who they are. Yeah.
0: Yeah, amen. Amen. You know, I totally understand where you're coming from. I think that our, our stories are basically the same. I mean, I didn't work as a, a at home as a home travel agent, uh, because I just couldn't handle stomach. I just couldn't stomach canceling vacations. But, you know, the the truth of the matter is, is that I think our stories are are basically the same. And that's a lot of what I do here at Aaron's Opinion is I say, you know, my slogan, you know, help one person today, help a million people tomorrow. It's really true because if we only help one person at a time, we're literally helping thousands of people, if not millions, by by creating appropriate content that truly serves to educate and, and help other people. And when you do that, when you create good content that helps others, that karma of creating helpful content will swing back and help you. For sure. For sure. Well, so of course I've traveled all over the world. I have to dig into some travel stories with you. Of course. But so how did you, what was your motivation to become an at-home travel agent? I think a lot of blind people around the world would want to do that job. Why don't you give us, give us the lowdown on travel agent (laughs) at home? Go right ahead.
1: Absolutely. So, so, you know, so I went blind when I was 17 years old. And so that was that was when I was a junior in high school. Right
0: now, of course, you now I, I I have I have to interject here and just say, look, I apologize ahead of time, but philosophically, I cannot comprehend what it must be like to go blind as an older adult because I was born blind. So there's a huge philosophical difference. But anyway, yes, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I I agree completely. Um, and so, you know, so so I went blind at seventeen, and and that was in my junior year of high school. And um, we, we had found out that I had a brain tumor. Oh, And yeah, and it, it, the brain tumor that we, we found out, it wasn't cancerous, but it did, it, it needed to be removed um, uh, as soon as possible because um, they, they literally gave me six months to live um, if this tumor was not removed. And so, but you know, as bad as that sounded, you know, we were assured everything was going to be fine. Um, you know, they literally said I would be back to school in like three weeks. Everything would go was was going to be perfect. And, and, you know, at this time, I mean, I was was driving, I had my own truck, I, I, I grew up riding four wheelers and dirt bikes, and, you know, all this different stuff. And so anyways, I went into surgery. And um, I'm not sure when when this uh, podcast and, and YouTube video and stuff will be released. But um this this October 28th is actually the 18th anniversary of, of my surgery. And um, and so so on that day I, I went into surgery to have the brain tumor removed, which it was, my life was saved, but I awoke from surgery to be left completely blind. And so, you know, everything, everything that I ever kind of dreamed or even had the slightest thought that I might like to do after school as a career was kind of, you know, taken away. And and I really had to begin a process of, as I say, you know, kind of learning to to live a, a whole new life. You know, um, I was, I was even when it comes to school and learning, I was a very visual learner, you know, so I had to, you know, basically relearn how to learn and, you know, and so everything in my world kind of changed and um, fast forwarding, you um, you know, I really wasn't sure what I was wanted to do as, as a career. And I ended up taking part in a, um, a job readiness program that was offered by one of the uh, blind services um, in our area. And it was actually offered by, um, through uh, the Center for the Visually Impaired. And so I did that job readiness program. And at the end of the program, they gave you the opportunity that they would set you up with an internship at a local business. And so through talking with the counselors and staff there at, who did the program, two areas of interest I had were radio and travel. And so um, they actually literally got me set up with an internship at a local AM radio station and then another internship at a local travel agency. And, um, you know, I always tell people that, you know, I fell in love with the radio um, right off the bat, I mean, I, I worked. I worked uh, three days a week. I went in for the the morning show. It was the morning drive program. It was a AM talk radio. I sat in the studio with with the uh, with the guys, and and I found local news stories and got to talk on air. And oh my gosh, it was amazing. And uh, but at the end of that internship, you know, they weren't in a position to to take on anybody, and so you know, it would just kind of went on about my way. Well. The travel agency um, internship kind of worked the same way. I loved it. I grew up traveling with my family. Um, that's why, you know, I kind of had this interest in it. And, and that is one thing that I discovered after, after going blind was that, you know, I still love to travel because, you know, that we, I can't tell you how many times we would go on cruises and, and even still to this day that we've been on vacations and, and, and it seems it seems like most of the time it's happened when we've been on a cruise that somebody will come up to, to me or whomever I'm with and be like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so it's so amazing you're out on a trip, but but why why would you even go on a cruise? And and that question always just cracks me up because I'm like, these people are so stuck in this visual world that they don't, they they fail to recognize any of the other senses. And so that's what, when, when I got done with the internship at the travel agency, you know, was kind of spinning my wheels, not knowing what to do. When then I found the, the, the route of becoming my own home-based business. And so I literally started my own, own travel agency, um, figured out how to do it. And, and I started doing that and, and designing trips based on the premise that, you know, that the world is comprised of so much more than just what our eyes could see, you know, and so designing trips that are, you know, very, you know, fully immersive, and, you know, very sensory, and, you know, all that, and so, so that's what got me into travel, Um, you know, and and, and I loved it, I loved doing the travel agent stuff, but to be honest, I love traveling more than I love booking travel, so... (laughs)
0: Well, right there when you said that you love traveling more than you love booking the trip, that sh- that shows me that you know how to be a travel agent because you've actually been on the ground and you've actually seen and, and experienced what it really means to travel, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and so, I mean, I think I, I completely relate to everything you're saying. Um, I you know, personally I would have loved an internship in radio, but I didn't really know until I got into content creation that I am a broadcaster. I didn't really realize that until I started doing it. You know, quite frankly, if I had studied broadcasting, I wouldn't have ended up being a broadcaster. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the the truth is is that I think it's great that you had that opportunity uh, to work in that in that station. So my my next my next question is so what what do, and I mean, because blind people have heard of this and blind people are fascinated by it. So can you define some terms for, 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 for me today? Can you tell me, so what is a travel agent and exactly what what do you do? Is it like, how does it work? What does a travel agent do? And how do you go about, what are all the steps that you took to set up and establish your successful home business? So why don't
1: you walk us through kind of the whole the whole recipe here? Of course, of course. So so you know, I will tell you you know it's it's easy in a sense of of getting set up. Um, there's there's a thing that's called a host agency, and the host agency is kind of an umbrella, and you have all these these home based travel agents that fall under the umbrella. And and because when you start booking travel, um, you know you you get signed up with all the different suppliers, the different cruise companies, the hotels, all of that. You know, as a travel agent, well, there's just, there's a lot of different, you know, um, uh, licenses and different, you know, certifications and stuff that you need. And so the easiest way to go about it is that you sign up under a host agency. And, um, and there's so many host agencies that if you literally go on Google and, and type in, you know, best uh, travel host agencies, you'll find sites that break them down and, you know, and give you all the details. Um, and then, you know, it's literally just going the route of, of creating your own business. You truly, truly it's, you know, and that was one thing for myself is, is I grew up um, with parents who owned their own businesses. And so I always had this desire to be, you know, an entrepreneur. And so, you know, starting my own own home-based travel agency you know, that, that it really did amazing things for me, um, because it gave me, it gave me purpose and, and it it was something that I enjoyed and it was something that not only just a job that, that I did, but something that I, I created that was mine. And, you know, and so, so that was amazing for me. And I think it's, it's amazing for a lot of people. And I think that's a lot of reason why anybody does it, whether they're blind or not, um, you know, is, is creating this own business. Um, but you know, with creating your own business, you know you're the you're the one in charge of bringing in clients. You know, you have to not only just be a travel agent, but you've got to become a marketer. Um, you know, also because if you're not if you're not adequately bringing in new clients, new leads every single day, um, you know, you're not gonna you know do very well. And um, for myself, you know, like I said, I, I you know started my agency in 2013. And, you know, and I've loved it and just, you know, fell in love with it Um, and, you know, started, you know, booking amazing honeymoons and all different kinds of like bucket list, you know, vacations for clients and stuff. Um, But, you know, like I said, last year, last year when the pandemic hit, um, I literally was set up to have my, my best year ever as a travel agent and literally overnight all of it disappeared every vacation was canceled and, and I was just left just kind of sitting there thinking, you know, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And, and like I said earlier, that's when it kind of gave me this focus of, you know, to, to start the podcast, which, you know, started out as just a hobby, you know, as something to, to fill my time, you know, while we were in quarantine and, and to assist the travel agency. And then though, you know, my podcast has kind of become, you know, this new entrepreneurial journey of, you know, building its brand again. And, you know, and that's something that, you know, I really enjoy is the creative side of building a brand and building a company, you know, and figuring it all out. And, you know, two totally different industries, you know, from travel to becoming a content creator, you know, but both of them, you know, share so many similarities and just, you know, it's it's creating a business. And um, you know, like I said, you know if whether you're interested in, in becoming a travel agent or you know whatever there's there's so many resources, once you start googling and going on YouTube and stuff, um, you know that that's what I do is I just start researching.
0: Sure, sure, absolutely. <clears throat> and um, I think you're you're absolutely right. So what are what are some of when it when it comes to, um, you know, planning a trip for someone, what, like, what are the steps that a travel agent takes to actually build and construct the, the journey?
1: Of course, of course. So I feel as though really as, as a travel agent, you know, um, the, the only step different between booking a trip as a travel agent versus booking a trip of your own, I feel is the fact that, you know, I'm, you know, obviously doing it for somebody. So, the the what makes a good travel agent is a person who truly gets to know their clients and so so you know that's where you know with any any person who i've ever booked their vacation you know i set up a you know a free you know consultation call where i get to know the 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 person or couple or family and you know really getting to know what they like what they you know, love, you know, you know, in addition to, you know, where are they thinking about traveling, what's their budget, you know, all of those kind of things. And so I feel like, you know, beyond that point, um, you know, it kind of comes down to really determining, in my opinion, you know, what kind of experience are you looking for, um, you know, because there's, there's so many amazing places in the world and, and, and I almost feel like you have to kind of go broad spectrum and then narrow down. You know, you got to start thinking first and foremost, you know, kind of reality check, you know, what is my budget? You know, what am I willing to spend on this vacation? You know, because then that's gonna, you know, narrow your focus a little bit, you know, and, you know, versus, you know, if you've got this massive budget, well then yeah, let's book you an overwater bungalow, you know, in the Maldives versus, you know, maybe it's, you know, renting a cabin up in, you know, the Smoky Mountains. Um, You know, and then, like I said, it's just a big part of it to me is, is thinking beyond the visual beyond like, Oh, well, this place I hear is so pretty and beautiful. Well, that's awesome. There's a lot of really beautiful places in the world. But what do you like? You know, are you fine just sitting around looking out the window all day? Or do you want to get out and taste some amazing food? Do you want to go somewhere where where it's safe for you to go mingle with the locals and get to know people, you know? And, and, and that's what I always tell everybody when, when people ask me about trips and stuff. I always tell them that the most impactful vacation that I ever went on was actually with a group of uh, travel agents who we went down to Jamaica together. And, and, you know, what was amazing to me about Jamaica was the people. The people of Jamaica is what you know. I just made me fall in love with that island, and you know, and so I think I think that's just the biggest thing with you know a vacation. Like I said, whether whether you're a travel agent booking a trip for someone else or booking your own vacation, you know, is just really getting down and, and and spending the time to really think into what you really like because I think so many times, thanks to social media and stuff, we. We see that, oh, Susie, she went on this amazing vacation and she was just raving about how great this resort was. Or, you know, oh, Uncle Fred, he loved this cruise. Well, yeah, maybe they loved it because it was specifically made, you know, for them. Um, Start thinking about, you know, kind of yourself. Yeah,
0: yeah. So what has been your most, well, what is the most, Abnormal uh, vacation that you offer—the most craziest, the most outlandish vacation that you have ever actually uh, sent someone on.
1: Um, probably one. It was a couple living out, living in Colorado, and it wasn't that it was anything like crazy, but it, I just cracked up at the. At, they wanted to do it. Was their, it was their honeymoon? A young couple. Living in Colorado, and they wanted to go to Costa Rica and the Florida Keys. Well, if you know anything about the globe, those two places are nowhere even close to one another. And so I remember thinking, like, this is totally ridiculous. But sure enough, that's what they did. They literally, you know, I had them fly from, you know, Colorado down to Costa Rica. They spent a week in Costa Rica had them at this amazing, you know, all-inclusive resort, had a, you know, little beachfront bungalow that they stayed in, had an amazing time there. They then got on a flight, flew all the way to Miami, Florida. So, you know, had to make a layover in Texas, made it to Florida. They got to Miami. Miami, they stayed in a hotel and then they rented a convertible Ford Mustang and drove the Mustang down to Key West, and um, stayed there before then f- driving back to Miami and flying home. And so I, I just remember thinking that one always just stands out, um, you know, because, I mean, I booked, you know, some amazing trips to, for people to Iceland or, or people who've wanted to go over to, you know, Southeast Asia and stuff. and But that trip in particular just always stands out in my mind because I'm like, they basically combine two totally different vacations into one trip. So...
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's funny. That's funny. I mean, it's, you know, that sounds like two different trips.
1: Yeah, totally. (laughs) But
0: but it sounds like though, probably if you're adventurous enough to go to Costa Rica, you wouldn't need to necessarily go to the Florida
1: Keys. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But but who knows,
0: you know, probably it sounds like to me that they probably had some personal connections uh, in the Florida Keys. You know, maybe there was a relative or something. That's what I would have thought. Because yes. it, I mean, not, nothing personal, but no matter how much money you have, it wouldn't make sense to fly from Central America back, no. you know, up into Florida. It sounds to me, if I had been booking that, I would have thought in the back of my mind, I would have thought, well, these people like have a relative or a friend in the in the Florida Keys that they want to be able to see on their trip. <sighs> and the friend was too afraid to go to Costa Rica that's well, probably what it
1: was and literally it was literally just the fact that those were two places they wanted to go to and they right. said hey we've got two weeks to travel let's just spend a week in one and a week in the other you can do it and i'm like okay <laughs> So yeah, so that cool. that was that was pretty that was pretty funny.
0: Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh, what about um you know, have you ever had someone who's wanted to go to like Antarctica or like the Arctic or Greenland or places like that?
1: I have not. I have not. I've never done anything quite that exotic. Um I think the most exotic has been Iceland.
0: Iceland. So, but actually more the more exotic one is Greenland.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. Yes, but I have never had anyone go to Greenland or or Antarctica or anywhere like that yeah
0: yeah yeah I'm sure it could be so yeah so what if someone comes to your to your travel agency and they say well Mr. Lowe I really I really seriously I'm really not joking let's say that you know Mr. Smith comes to you and he says you know Mr. Lowe I really do want to go to Antarctica I don't see it on your website but have you ever just basically conjured up or tailored a trip for someone like that and figured it out or is that a little bit does it not really work like that like how, how how would that work
1: of course. So the awesome thing about the travel agent industry is, is, you know, I, I've been in the industry for so long that you make amazing connections. And so you, you learn that, you know, cause there's a lot of people who they, they, they get into the business and they feel like, oh, well, I've never traveled there. I've never booked a trip there. So how I can't do that. Well, if you go into it with that mentality, then you're never going to really book a vacation. And so, you know, a big part of be, about being a travel agent is is not only researching, but relying on your supplier partners. And so it it's finding one of your supplier partners who specializes in in you know trips to Antarctica, and you getting on the phone with them, and you being like, "Hey, listen, I've got this couple looking at going here. I've never booked a trip here. You know, I you know want to book through through you. Um, you know, can you help me put together you know an amazing trip for them?" So that that's how that's how I've gone about that. Yes,
0: right, right. I see, I see. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. All right, excellent. Yes. Well, well, we'll I'll circle back to that in a minute. But back to the <laughs> broadcasting podcast side. So you know um, who who have been some of your most unexpected and interesting guests that you have interviewed from all over the world I mean I too have interviewed people on all the continents but what about you who who have been some of your your characters that you've interviewed
1: yeah so so I think what are what are the cool guests who you know I think a lot of people recognize his name that I just had on the podcast was Eric Weinmeyer um you know doted as you know the first blind person to ever summit Mount Everest yeah. yeah. So so he was a really amazing person to talk to. Um so that 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 was pretty cool and that was just I, that episode is is fresh in my mind just because you know that just came out um I think last week um at the time of this recording. And um but other than that oh my goodness I've interviewed one was an amazing interview I did with a lady who lives in Bali. And so that was amazing. She's like whatever it was, like, I, I'm trying to think of our time different. I think she was like 12 hours ahead of me because that I remember right. I, yeah, because yeah. I was set up, I was set up in my recording studio at like 6 a.m. on like a Saturday morning and recorded the interview with her see what I do
0: see what I do with the people in that time zone is I make them get up early in the morning
1: yes Uh, well well thankfully in that situation I'm a morning person right and so that worked good but now the people who the time zone's like different and they're like oh and it's like me having to do it after you know six o'clock in the evening and I'm like no that's that's not gonna work
0: so actually funny you mention it you know I record most of my content as I said at 2000 New York at 8 p.m at night okay I'm actually more of an evening person but okay I really you know what really turned me on what really motivated me to talk to you was I saw your beautiful website and your willingness to talk to me so when you said yes. you know nine o'clock, I was like, oh, let's just get him on here as quickly as possible. He's really motivated. Yeah. So that's you know that's something that us podcasters we can tell who's motivated. We can secretly tell. So,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and and that's the thing. I mean, you know, so so the lady in Bali that was you know just a phenomenal, phenomenal interview. She had an amazing story, and and so that was you know incredible. Um, I'm trying to think of some others that you know recently that I've done. Um. I, I've, I've interviewed one one lady who incredible story again is is um, she became a quadriplegic and it was she she grew up in, in this amazing childhood where her and her parents, they, they traveled all over the world. They did like these crazy like backpacking adventures in like the Australian outback, um, all this stuff. And, and she was in her in her middle 20s living in the Bahamas. And she literally was just out one day on the dock with friends and dove off the dock and misjudged how deep the water was. Mm, Happens to be a lot of people do that. Yep. And she became a C6 quadriplegic. And, um, but I mean, the most incredible person I've ever had the chance to meet her spirit, you know, I, I remember interviewing her and I remember saying to her, I'm like, I'm like, no, listen, I'm like, are you seriously this positive and upbeat? And, you know, and, and, and she is, that's just her spirit, you know? And, and that's what, you know, wh- whether it's somebody who's lived, you know, has lived in like a faraway place like Bali um, or somebody, you know, who lives, you know, right, you know, in the same, you know, um city as I do. It's just, as I say, everybody has a story in life, you know, and, 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 So many people, those stories, they just kind of get buried away. And that's what I think is amazing about being able to, to get on a podcast and have just like an amazing conversation with somebody is to uncover these stories and share them, you know, for the world to hear and benefit from.
0: Right. And the other thing that really amazes me is the more stories I tell and help to be told, then I really realize how many people I'm helping. A lot of people, I've had some guests on this podcast who have had a hard life. And, you know, sometimes people just need to sit down and talk to you. And that can be a really great conversation to have because other people also feel the need to have those types of conversations.
1: Exactly. So,
0: you know, that's really what, what it's all, you know, what it's about, you know, for me is to have the privilege of helping others to share their stories that otherwise Probably wouldn't have been wouldn't be able to share because so many podcasts are just not approachable and not open, yep. and you know, and so that's why it's really important to be receptive to guests and to try to give people chances. Now, I've had guests that don't work out occasionally, or they just get nervous and, and disappear. That happens to some yes. extent, but I have found that most of the people who come to Aaron's opinion not only deserve to be here but want to be here, and you over time. As a podcast, you attract the right guests.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Definitely. definitely. So since you name dropped, um, which uh, I don't necessarily, I don't always name drop myself, but, but and I, I'm sure he probably wouldn't mind. So what, I mean, I, I you should say, well, Aaron, just go listen to the episode. But I'm going to say, what was the most, what, what was something you learned from having the privilege of speaking with Eric Weinmeier?
1: Um, you know, something that I thought was 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 pretty cool um is, you know, when when I went blind. So I went I went blind in 2003. And apparently Eric Eric summited Mount Everest in in 2001. And you know, for a long time, um you know, I I hated this new life of being blind. Um I wanted I wanted nothing to do with it. And, and literally everything that I learned, even when I started learning Braille and learned how to use the computer with talking software, all of it was was me just buying time because, you know, I in in, in my mind, you know, it was that, you know, you know, I this isn't permanent. I'm going to see again. And and I can remember during this time, um, started hearing the name of Eric Weinmayer and because like i said just 2 years earlier he had summited mount everest and and you know i started hearing this name and for myself you know i was just like i i viewed him in 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 i guess like a, a more negative light because he he kind of like that name of eric Weinmayer without even knowing who he was just that name represented this blind life that that i that i hated and it wasn't until um, I read I read Eric's book about kayaking the Grand Canyon um, a few years ago. And through his book, I started, through that book, I realized, wow, I'm like, I really, I, you know, I love the book, I love the whole story. And, and it started making me realize, wow, maybe he's not, you know, wh- why did I have this negative orientation about him? And so, you know, when when I got to have Eric on my podcast, um, that was for myself the biggest takeaway is the fact that, you know, he he's painted and and people revere him as, oh, Eric Weinmayer, the first blind guy to, you know, summit Mount Everest, almost like this blind superhero. And the fact of the matter is, he's just a normal guy. He's just like you or me. And it's just the fact that he has an issue being able to see. And so that for myself was the biggest takeaway and and stuff was the fact that, you know, he's just a normal person. Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. I think it's really, I think it's a really important aspect to express that it's important not to basically, and I mean, I'm not, I am not saying this is the case. I'm not, this is not the case for Eric Weimar, but it's important to say that it's important not to, you know, disability porn people, you know, and say, well, we should celebrate them just because they're blind or just because of a disability. That's not really a reason. Um, quite frankly, lots of people saw it Mount Everest. And the only reason why it attracted so much attention is because Eric is blind. Right. So the point, so the point is, so, I mean, So i guess it's it's hard for me to 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 relate to it because i was just kind of brought up in an environment where we just believe well doing things just because you're blind is not impressive or doing things just because you're blind is not something to be to be celebrated you know that's that's life so but i think it is i think it is interesting but i i don't know i wonder if you have any particular opinion on that um i, I not really i guess <laughs> that's fine That's fine. yeah right. yeah. Right. yeah yeah i just think it's important not to not to fixate too much on on disability um no when you look yeah, at an
1: accomplishment of course yeah right. no i i agree with you and and you know and i feel like though um you know the the fact of the matter is that and i feel like it maybe even is is different um you know like like you talked about earlier the the difference of being born blind versus going blind later mm. in life mm-hmm. is you know is you know so do you have no sight at all
0: well in my case i have some usable vision but i tell people you know i tell students i cannot see well enough to let's say like drive a car
1: yeah so like that Exactly. Okay. So, so I was just asking because you know it, it is. It's kind of like you know, that's that's the world you've known, and so you've you've grown up. You you've you've not known anything different, and so you've learned to adapt, and that that is your normal. Where you know where like somebody like myself who's maybe become blind later in life. You know, as I as I often joke, you know that now I've actually been blind longer than I had been able to see. Yeah, I still consider this a new life you Mm. know because because vision is so strong and and it it played such a big role you know in those first 17 years of my life um you know and so so i feel like i feel like that that maybe is where like a difference kind of can come into play you know with with that of you know um you know not even not even harping on the fact of like you know oh you know like you know, it's amazing because, you know, you're disabled, but more just a fact of celebrating the fact that you've been able to break down that barrier of that disability to achieve whatever that goal is.
0: Right, right, sure. You know, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. (laughs) Okay, okay. So once, um, so as far as your own travel, what are some trips that you're planning, you know, for yourself in the near future?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually getting ready. Um, we have actually getting ready to go up to uh, Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg, Tennessee area, oh. and uh, yeah, so I haven't been up there since I was a little kid, and so so we actually have rented a cabin um, up there in the mountains, and so um, and that will be you know in the fall, and so hopefully get some cool weather and yeah, and, and just hope- be able to really relax and, and, and have a nice and time. hopefully,
0: and hopefully. Let me ask you a very specific question. Do you have any pets? I do. What do you have?
1: I think I already know, but what do you have? I have a little dog named Sophia. Oh. She will be she will be staying at home with uh with the grandparents. Do you know why I asked about pets?
0: Why? Because as you know, Pigeon Forge is the parrot
1: capital. Oh. You don't really? know? No. You don't know. What is, what do you even mean the parrot capital?
0: Well, I'll tell you. There's a place called Parrot Mountain in Garden of of Eden. One of the largest parrot sanctuaries and parrot zoos and parrot stores in the entire United States, if not the world. So they have a whole sanctuary of parrots that you can like play with and pet and hang out with. And then they have a shop where you can buy baby birds and all of the supplies and everything like that to get yourself in, in into the parrot hobby. So Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, that's the parrot capital. I've 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 actually been there. I've been there, man, and I have I have a picture. I have a picture to prove it. So I don't even have to lie about it. I have a picture to
1: prove it. It's in a frame um with me holding some parrots. Well, considering the fact that I'm absolutely terrified of things like that, I went one time as a kid to some type of bird aviary and that was the most terrifying thing i've ever done in my life so i don't think i'm going to be visiting this parrot sanctuary
0: <laughs> and i even and i'm very proud to say that i went into the cage with one of the one of the bird species called a a lorikeet a rainbow lorikeet uh from australia and they drink nectar so i was holding a cup of nectar and the flock of lorikeets landed on me and oh like, my gosh yes so wow wow I mean, I don't know why you're going to Pigeon Forge then. You know nothing. Nothing is good. <laughs> you are you are wasting you are wasting away your time if you don't go. What a what a waste of a trip. I mean, you know, you'd be better off taking a two week vacation to Costa Rica and the Florida Keys. Good yes. grief. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. That is
1: so funny. I'm so like, oh, You're funny. going
0: all the way to Pigeon Forge, and, and you're and you're so you're, you're 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 you have a parrot phobia. You're a par- you have a you're a parrot phobe, I guess. You're afraid of yeah. parrots.
1: Yeah, birds, I guess. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. God, that's just awful. I don't know how you live your life. <laughs> I mean, are you I mean, are you blind or something? Because you, you can't <laughs> live your whole life being afraid of parrots. Come on. Well, so, uh, what so what are you going to do? What are you going to do in Pigeon Forge? Well, nothing. There's nothing to do except go to the parrots. I will tell you, <laughs> outside of Parrot Mountain, just just in case someone else in your family wants to go, um, I, I I know that you don't want to go to it, and that's fine. You probably have other ethical issues with it, and it's probably a lot of different reasons. But just just ask me, ask me after the recording, ask me in the future to send you the website because for other family members, it it really it really is the best thing of Pigeon Forge. Um, I went there, um. It's a bit of a long story. I live with my parents uh, and my brother, my brother's girlfriend and my, um, of course, I want to have, you know, when I have my own place, I want to have my own bird, but uh, my parents don't really agree with that. Well, Well, what happened was uh, boy, I didn't expect us to get on this kick. Uh, you should have never said Pigeon <laughs> Forge. Oh, what a mistake. God, what, a, what a rookie mistake that was. So, you know, you know b- b- basically what what was going on was I was asking my father, you know, hey, when when can I ever have a bird? And then I found out about this place online, you know, Parrot Mountain. He said, well, OK, you know, honestly, I don't really agree with it, but I'll, I'll still take you out there and we can still have a vacation for something to do. So this past May. We basically drove for eight hours and we drove out to, to Pigeon Forge and we stayed in a very nice hotel um, and we went on a hike and we went to the Parrot Place for one day. Um, I, I will tell you, I mean, have you ever have you ever been to Pigeon Forge before or is it going to be your first time? Um, I did as a kid. Uh, okay, well, so no, that doesn't really count. So, I mean, you know, outside of Parrot Mountain, I got to tell you, Nothing against Pigeon Forge, but it's just kind of a weird little town. I mean, they have some like kiddie stuff, like an amusement park area, um, some stores, you know, that sell you know knickknacks and things like that. But that's so and funny. There's some, and there's some great there's some great restaurants there. There really is. Um, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to name drop them because it's just not it's just not cool. But but they do have um, just just connect with me later, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll say you know what you know what? I'll book you know what. I will automatically within the next three and a half hours. I will automatically become your personal travel agent. Not only, <laughs> not not only will I not only will I set you up with a great restaurant, but I will require a tour of Parrot Mountain and Garden of Eden. I mean, okay. you just you just you're just killing me, bro. You're just okay. killing me. I mean, come on, come on. That's um, so funny. But I do hope that I do hope that you do some great hiking. The other thing is, what if someone came to you and said? And it's something that in real life now, it's something that I might say, what if someone came to you and said, well, Mr. Lowe, can you plan a trip for me, a vacation where I do some serious hiking? And what I mean by serious hiking is people who want to hike from point to point for several days. In other words, have you ever planned a backpacking trip for someone and set it up for them?
1: I have not. No. No
0: because nope, that's I have never of, done that because that's kind of complicated you know it's not just about putting the backpack on your back and setting off you have to know where is an appropriate place to start where are you allowed to walk you know where are you allowed to go when you're on the trails you know that's kind of complicated
1: so yes you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah no I've, de- I've never done anything like that
0: I see I see I see well are you going to do some hikes in the in the smoky mountains
1: mm-hmm. yes that is the plan um I mean to be quite honest um we don't really have any set, set agenda. Um, you know, our, our biggest thing is just to to really just relax. And then of course, you know, we have some different places in mind, um, you know, between, you know, Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg um, mm-hmm. and definitely some hiking and, you know, so we're just the, the, the kind of the plan is, is once we get there, just mm-hmm. kind of, you know, figure out where we want to be and just kind of use it as. Okay.
0: Well, you want to let me, let me get, let me give you the addresses. So you want to make sure you want to put in the address of Paramount and you, you, you're, you're, you're going to go there apart from, apart from that. Okay. And I will tell you, you mentioned Gatlinburg. Well, let me, this is another interesting, you know, blindness perspective thing, knowing the distance, I'll tell you. My, my father and I, when we were in Pigeon Forge, we stopped. I don't know, we stopped at some some liquor store to buy beer or something. And, and I said, What about that other place that we keep hearing about? Because over the GPS, you know, the GPS person was saying, you know, such and such road to Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg. We kept on hearing it. And we were trying to figure out, well, where's Gatlinburg? And we looked it up. So Gatlinburg is about 30 to 45 minutes away from Pigeon Forge. So yes. it's two, again, it's important to know, two, two totally different places. Yes. Um, I I doubt that there's much in Gatlinburg. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know, you know, um, but anyway, anyway, that's, that's incredibly, incredibly fascinating. Um, all, all of that. I wish you, I wish you a very, very pleasant journey there. And I would like to learn more about, you know, the various, um, you know, the various hikes that you do end up doing and things and things like that. And so, um, And the the other thing that really, you know, impresses me about, you know, your podcast and your podcasting skills is that you have a beautiful website and you know, and that's something I was going to actually ask you off the air, but I don't really see any problem with asking you about that. So what if, what if Aaron's opinion came to you and said, Kevin, I love what you're doing, but what can you tell me about setting up a specific podcast website? Well, what can you tell me about that?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, you know, I've, you know, through, through designing multiple different websites all along my, my travel agency journey. Um, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, different websites and and designed a bunch of different websites. Um, but you know, my biggest thing is, is just finding a really amazing web designer. And so, I mean, my website, I provide my web designer who I found, um, you know, with with uh, kind of the the layout, all the wording, and then really kind of rely on her design, you know, technique to to put it together. So I think that's the biggest thing is 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 go out and hire a web designer and um and just you know trying to to take a look at other websites um you know for whatever you know type of you know website you're building for, whether it's a podcast, a travel agency. Um, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, looking at other websites, getting an idea and, um, you know, and, and kind of going from there. So it's definitely, you know, the website is literally, it's one of those things that it's a constant project. I mean, I'm constantly updating my website. Um, And so it's, it's definitely not just like a one and done deal. uh, That's for certain.
0: Okay. So do you, do you design websites for other people?
1: No, I don't.
0: Ah maybe that's something you can work towards. I think that would be a very good product to be able to offer people, web design. Yes. Well, well thank you. Um, so what what goes into the design of a podcast website? I mean, you know, really kind of break it down and break down the engineering for me. What do you think?
1: So I think I think first and foremost, um, you know, I feel as though, you know, besides for, you know, having a place for people to come to to, you know, find your podcast I think it's a place that really gives you the opportunity to to get to showcase you as the podcast host as well as the podcast as a brand and um and so I feel like that that's a big part of just having for me um I'm I'm a big fan of very clean simple uh websites I don't I'm not a big fan of so many that that just put so much stuff on them and so I'm big into just a clean design and I feel like for a podcast it's it's a podcast is, is, you know, the, the podcast host and, you know, and so I feel like it needs to showcase you and be sure that, you know, you as the podcast host are front and center, you know, on the website and that, and that you let your personality, you know, kind of shine through. I think it kind of comes back to the, the whole branding, you know, part of, of any company you build is, you know, of, of figuring out what your brand voice is, you know, and, um, Letting that come through, um, you know, as well. And, um, you know, I feel like for anybody looking at, at starting, you know, any type of business, creating any type of website, an amazing, amazing resource uh, I recommend to anybody is um, building a story brand, um, which is a whole formula by Donald Miller. Um, he has a book, he has a podcast, and it's a whole different way of looking at marketing and building a website and sales pages and um so that that's an amazing resource yeah
0: yeah yeah now and not to mention um i would ask you probably off air but so do you do you personally know a web a web developer who could build who built websites
1: i do i do yes, yes. but you know i'll be honest sure. the where i found my web designer and where um you know cuz i've gone through multiple web designers and 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 i feel like it's finding somebody who who's a good fit for you. Um, but as I use, you know, the different, you know, freelancer sites, you know, that are out there. Um, one that, that I use that I think has been around for a long time is, is however you pronounce it, Fiverr, Fiverr, Fiverr. Um, Fiverr. Yeah, Fiver. And so, you know, that's where, you know, I use for my graphic designer for my, you know, where I find my web designer, podcast editor, you know, and, and I always recommend anybody, um, you know, to, to search on those, um, you know, and, And, you know, and I always say, you know, there's kind of, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. You don't just go on there and it's like a one and done deal. Um, sometimes you get lucky and it's the first person you try is awesome. And other times, you know, you have to go through a couple, but, you know, give them little projects to work on and and see if it's a good fit. Right. But I
0: I don't have to go, I don't have to go through all that stress and and I I don't have to sweat sweat that much because I'll ask you off air. So who do you use? And then you'll tell me and then it'll be easy for me.
1: That's right. Perfect. (laughs)
0: See, so if you, there's a trick to this equation here. If you know the right people, it's very easy. You have to surround yourself with the right people. So, exactly,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I will say, I will say for podcast websites, I have to give it up to um, Podpage also, because I have used them um, before the website that I have now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And oh, there's, a, there's more like a template, but they're amazing. Oh, I, I have a pod page. Okay, do you? Yeah, they're so awesome. Yeah,
0: love it. I love it. I love my pod page. Um, I mean, I, I don't think you can actually answer this. This is a really technical question. Is it possible? I don't even know if this, this question is somewhat nonsensical, but is it possible to give a web designer a website that you already kind of have and then allow the web designer to not like not mimic it, not plagiarize it, but like give it a facelift, like kind of redesign it with certain other features or is that just not even how websites work? Does that, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, cause I've mean I've done that in the past with, with, you know, my travel agency and stuff. Um, where you know I've had like a, a website and then have hired somebody to come in and you know provide them with edits that I want made. Um, you know if that's kind of you know what you're after.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's you know what let's let's continue. Obviously, uh, obviously you haven't gotten rid of me this easily. Um, so let's obviously talk later today or another time about this project. But I have this. I have a specific goal um, that I would need a little bit of help with, but I think it would help both of us out in the end. So yeah, Podpage guys, pod page is just really cool. Even, even alone, if you don't do anything with it, it's a great resource to just keep track of your episodes and just to archive things that you've done. It's just great. Even for that alone, it's worth doing it just to have an archive of things. So yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Well, Kevin Lowe, whew, I, gotta t- I gotta tell, I gotta tell you, um, I just love your voice. I absolutely, you know, love talking to you today. You really, every guest, I don't know what it is, but it must be the magic of podcasting. But every guest that I have just keeps getting better and better and more magical by the day. Uh, and I cannot thank you enough for joining me, um, you know, to kick off your work week. Uh, of course, I work every day. So every day is a work day. But you know, we know what we mean. You know, it's so good that you took some time out of your Monday morning. Um, cause I know that you were, you were on the you were on the, uh, uh, parrot mountain website, looking at parrots uh, before <laughs> I called. So I'm, I'm very sorry to, to, to distract your, your parrot viewing, but, but actually what I wanted to say is, so I'm sure that you, that you have a lot of questions for me. So what are some of your questions? And I always like to wrap it up by saying, well, actually, actually, actually. So if somebody wants to book a trip with you, let's, let's give yourself some plugs. So where can someone find you and contact you after this show today?
1: Absolutely. Um, so my my website for the travel agency is betterdaystravel.com. And so that basically has all the contact that's information. why, you know
0: what? On on my Google Voice number, one on my professional number, that's why I said Better Days Travel. I was wondering <laughs> what that
1: was. <laughs> yep, yep. So so that that is that is the travel agency. So okay. yes. All right.
0: You know what I tell you what, if you can send me the link for the the link that you want in the description, I, I include one link in in the in the abstract. So if you can send that over, that that would be a really, uh, really, really good. So yeah, awesome, yeah. perfect. Yeah. So um, that's that's so good. And um, if you know, if you can ask me only one, only one question to really to really make me sweat, to see if I'm really worth my salt uh, as a podcaster, what do you really want to ask Aaron Richmond from Aaron's Opinion?
1: Oh. Let's see. What what is the uh how, what is what is i guess like the the one question or process that you use when when trying to to pitch a guest to come on your podcast.
0: I show them that I'm a great podcast that helps one person today and a million tomorrow and the fact is, is that the karma of having good guests coming to your podcast attracts other good guests. So it's not so much about, for me, that's that's an interesting point to bring up. It's not so much about pitching the podcast. I don't do that. I don't make any, I don't sweat even one, one drop of sweat to, to pitch to someone to come on. I don't pitch because the reason I don't is because if I have to pitch, nothing personal, that guest probably, you know, maybe my podcast is not a good fit for them. There's a lot of podcasts out there that are not always appropriate for all guests or all listeners for a variety of reasons. So I think it's important to capitalize on your your product and surrounding yourself with other people who agree with you and who see that what you're doing is the right thing to do. And that truly is is the trick. That's the trick in podcasting is figuring it, figuring it out. It takes several years of doing it before you figure out who those people are. But that that in essence Um, is uh is 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 the trick yeah Mm -hmm. awesome
1: awesome very cool
0: yes yes excellent excellent um do you have any parting words of wisdom before Uh,
1: yeah yeah so uh, you know i think um the, the, the biggest thing that i would say is you know for anybody anybody listening today is you know we all have stuff going on in our lives um we all face challenges and um you know, though, the the most important thing is for all of us to remember to keep moving forward, to keep going, and um, you know, whatever whatever your challenge is, um, you know, is to to realize that that you can get through it, you can keep moving forward, and um, you know, that's that's kind of my my biggest thing, um, you know, is is just trying to to remind people to focus on the positive and you know to keep moving forward in life.
0: Perfect, perfect. Could not. Could not agree more. Well, everybody, visit click the link in the description to learn more about Kevin. And Kevin, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining me today. I tremendously enjoyed your voice and your personality that you plugged into this episode today, man. So good, so good. And of course, it really wouldn't be an episode. I usually say this in the outro, but I'll say it here. Thanks so much, everybody. Help one person today. Help a million people tomorrow. And Kevin, if nothing else, please, please, please enjoy the parrots Enjoy the parrots in Pigeon Forge. All right? Sounds good. You've been listening to How Low Can We Go? right here on Life Improvement Radio or wherever else you listen to a podcast or probably you are listening right on Facebook or watching on YouTube. Well, either way, wherever you, uh, you know wherever you listened to this episode, thank you so much for listening. And Kevin, you did an excellent, excellent job. I I really, really, I just really loved that conversation, man. I just really loved speaking with you. Um, so, you know, that's what I can say. Is I, it was just, you know, it was just such a great conversation that I don't need to say a whole lot, you know, on, on this uh, outro um, nor did I need to say a lot on the intro because really the, the, the best part of this episode was our our conversation. So, Kevin, uh, I wish you the very best of luck. By the way, you guys can click the link in the description uh, to learn more about Kevin's podcast and uh, contact him and things like that. Um, so, Kevin, you are you are forever welcome here on Aaron's Opinion. And I, I completely mean that. So. So anyway, come back, come back anytime you like, and uh, let me know if you guys have any questions about this episode. Uh, anyway, probably the best way to get in touch to contact me would be to well, for one thing, uh, you can join my public WhatsApp group, one two four zero six eight one nine eight six nine. Or, of course, you could also just call or text that number anytime uh, to get in touch with Aaron's opinion. All right. Aaron's Opinion 6 at gmail.com. A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N 6 at gmail.com. You can follow on Facebook, Twitter, comment on YouTube, or even consider becoming a patron on my Patreon page. I would, in fact, appreciate the support. I also want to take this time to wish all the great listeners from all four corners of the globe very best of luck in all of your podcasting or travels or whatever you might be doing. And thank you to the Helium Radio Network for syndicating Aaron's Opinion every Thursday. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's very generous. Okay, everybody. Well, anyway, as I said before, that was How Low Can We Go? And I really enjoyed recording it today, really enjoyed listening to it. And it was just a great episode. So anyway... Take care, everybody. Stay safe out there and keep up your great work in podcasting or whatever you do, whatever you might be doing uh, in the world. And uh, yeah, great, great job today. So anyway, that's about all I have to say. This has been another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast where we speak about critical issues in the blindness community. Uh, I'm Aaron Richmond. Thanks for listening. As I'd like to say, help one person today. Help One Million People Tomorrow, Aaron Richmond-Aaron's Opinion, on Life Improvement Radio, on the Helium Radio Network. Hello, I'm Philip Anderson from Against the Odds, the human interest by monthly motivational podcast which celebrates the lives of those who have conquered in the face of adversity. For more ways to listen and to request to be a guest, visit www.againstheodpodcast.com.